Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health, and Kim and I are talking about the new tax bill. It does have an effect on health insurance, and there was another big announcement around health from the Trump administration that I'm going to talk about. So, Kim, that is a fear. If everybody's getting this big tax cut, where's the government going to get all its money? Well, first off, the government needs to stop spending so much, and maybe this is one way to force them. But the idea is that these kind of targeted tax cuts, giving corporations cuts and giving especially small business this big cut, is that it will stimulate the economy. That, you know, now that we have more money, we'll hire Mm -hmm. another person and that person will have a job and more money and they'll go buy things. And that's the idea that, yes, the tax rate, it's kind of like, you know, I I currently sell something. I'm just making this up for one hundred dollars and I sell 10 of them a day. So I make a thousand dollars a day. But is it possible that if I lowered my price to eighty dollars, I'd sell 15 of them? And I'd make more money, even though I'm charging less. It's the same idea here. If we lower taxes, maybe we can stimulate the economy so that there's a lot more money being paid tax on. That's the idea. And it worked in 86 when Reagan did it. It worked when Kennedy did it. Um, So it's been done by Republicans and Democrats. Kennedy's was one of the most successful. Um, He put in a big tax cut and it stimulated the economy. Here's another way, though. The corporate tax rate was important. Our corporate tax rate was the highest in the world. We were tied with Japan. So there are American companies that have the estimate is about $15 trillion in cash sitting in other countries because they don't want to bring it into the U.S. and Mm -hmm. pay that high corporate tax rate on it. Uh, Apple announced that they are going to bring back $200 billion in cash. That's one company. They are bringing $200 billion back into the country, and they will pay tax on it. So they're going to pay it at the lower rate. I think it's down to 21%. I didn't really pay attention to the corporate number. I think it's 21%. used to be like 35. So Apple says, oh, you know, we don't mind paying tax on it. We just weren't going to pay 35, the highest mm-hmm. rate in the world. We'll pay 21, and we'd like to get the cash back into the country. So now there's $200 yeah. billion dollars at 21% that the government's going to get their tax from. And we now That's have... That's awesome. I yeah, had no idea. Yeah, and now Apple has $200 billion that they'll you know open stores and you know hire people mm-hmm. and pay out dividends yeah. to their shareholders, and that's just one company. Okay. Encouraging. Yeah, so now... And I feel bad. I haven't got to, I haven't got to listen to some of your tax shows on the weekend, so I know you're doing a lot for it. So. Yeah, yeah, so we, we, we will uh, continue. So there is a health component here. Um, being able to deduct your health care costs has always been difficult. It's even more difficult now. Um, the odds of you getting a tax deduction for your medical cost is slim to none. It, it, and it confuses people because if you ask the question, are medical costs deductible? The answer is yes. But then we got to go through, but you have to have this and this and this and this percentage of that. And you gotta, so most of the time, the answer might as well be no, because most people don't qualify for the deduction when you go through all the different hoops. 
Um, the other big problem with health insurance, and this is a totally different, we're off taxes now. Now we're on to health insurance and this is a health show. So this doesn't have anything to do with health insurance and taxes, just health insurance in general. The one thing I have never, Mm -hmm. ever been able to understand, the problem we have in this country is if you have a pre-existing condition, it was impossible to get health insurance. Certain conditions, Mm -hmm. you could just forget it. You were not going to get health insurance unless you belong to a group. Like if your employer, I mean, if you have a job and they have health insurance, everybody gets accepted. Because that's a group plan, and that's how that has to work. The group has to accept everybody. So, again, the self-employed, the business owners, were the ones that were penalized on this. And I've fought this my whole life. I've always had insurance, but I've always had to pay for it myself, and I've had to pay a lot, and I don't get to deduct it as a business expense. But I often wondered if an employer can be a group and get a group policy. Why can't an association? You know, because most self-employed people belong to some sort of association and they're big groups and they all do the same thing. But it's been illegal, completely impossible to get a group health insurance policy. The only group that qualifies is an employer. Everybody has to work for the same company to be part of the group. And I've often wondered, why do they do that? That, that, Why would it be so restrictive? Well, they shouldn't have. It was just one of those stupid laws, and Trump is changing it. This is going through the legal process right now, and he is going to open it up to any kind of group that wants to organize, and you have to formally organize, but it won't be that big of a deal. And once you create a group, then anybody in that group will qualify to get health insurance with the group. It's such a simple thing, and it could have made such a big difference, and we're finally getting it. So that's exciting, to the point that not that I need another project, but I'm considering forming (laughs) an owner-operator association just for that reason. Oh, well... I thought you'd get a lot of people jump on that one. <laughs> well, you know, I, I did this That's back in. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I did this once. I, I had a company called the Alliance, and and our our goal was to form an association to bring all these benefits to small owner operators. And we really thought that there was a. I, I had this workaround. I thought we were able going to be able to do it um, for the health insurance thing, and in the end, it turned out we just couldn't. There was no way around that law. I tried everything. Um, and then I ended up selling the company when I started the radio show. But that was the goal of that company. That was supposed to grow into an association. And it was all about health insurance. When we got to the point where we found out, you know, after paying lawyers a lot of money, that there was just no way around that, um, we had to scrap the association idea. So now I'm thinking, you know, and there are lots of other things we could do with an association. But we needed that one big reason um, to go through all that trouble and, and cost and all the setup, and this could be it. So I'm keeping an eye on this. It looks like it's got a very, very good shot of going through. Nice. Nice. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And then we, uh, we will uh, specialize in um, HSAs because I <laughs> think that's all, always you know, yeah. a, a great option for people okay. who are self-employed. 
Yeah. So, other oh, than great. that, so when is that? What is when is that on the? You know, it, it's it's going through the legislative process now. So, okay. yeah, it, it. you know, you got to the House has to create their bill. The Senate creates their bill. Then they vote on them both. And then if they both pass, then they create a combined bill. And then if that passes, the president looks at it and see if he's still willing to sign it. And, you know, we we could be a couple months, but I'll, I'll stay on top of that. And as soon as we know something and I'm already going to start, you know, putting out some feelers and some ideas on the association. So we're ready. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'll do that in my spare time. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, um, I don't have a lot on health. My my sleep has been awesome lately, and I am so grateful for that. Yeah, it changes everything. Um, Something a little interesting was happening. Well, it... I've noticed a pattern now, and I think I talked about this last week. Um, You and I both use the Zoom. Well, you're using your new Garmin, but you still wear the Zoom. And that that little chart I talked about where Mm -hmm. it kind of measures the balance of your nervous system and the strength. So, you know, it gives Mm -hmm. you uh, an indication of how strong both nervous systems are and which one's dominant or are you in balance. And you know, it's either sympathetic and parasympathetic, or the easier way to remember it is fight or flight. That's the stress response we don't want to be in too often. Or rest and digest. That's where we'd like to spend most of our time. Um, the interesting thing is, as my sleep gets better, the strength of both systems goes up. I am like way up at the top of the chart now. Because I've been so busy and I have so many projects, I love working really early in the morning, like four o'clock. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I'm not usually tired. Even if I get up at four, I'm still not tired till about 10. So I, I've been trying to be real disciplined that I'm always in bed between 10 and 1030. I'm not even reading in bed anymore. I don't want any other distractions. But if I go to bed at 1030 and get up at four, you know, that's only... Is that five and a half hours of sleep? Yeah, not very much. Yeah, it's a little short. So I've noticed an interesting trend with that, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that right after this when we get back. Stick around, Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. So, Kim, here's the pattern that I've noticed. When my sleep quality stays up and it's been really good, then the strength of my nervous system stays way at the top of the chart. But when I short my sleep duration, like I've been doing, you know, probably every other day uh, for a while now to get up and work on these projects, I go full-blown fight-or-flight dominant. I mean, it, it moves far to the right. And the recommendation is that that's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't want to stay there too often, though, or too long. And what I notice on those days, I can get stuff done. I'm efficient, high energy. I'm clicking through things. But if something goes wrong, I don't handle it very well. Um, and when I don't short my sleep duration... Then I move back over to the balanced or even into the, the rest and digest dominant. I, you know, I still get a lot of work done, still feel great, but things don't bother me as much. You know, it, um, it's a whole lot easier That's to just go with the flow. So it's kind of interesting. And today, mm-hmm. um, I, I got a decent amount of sleep last night, and I'm right back in the kind of balanced mode. But yesterday, I was way up at the top right corner of that chart, higher than I'd ever been. And I had a good day until about uh, mid-afternoon, and then everything was just annoying me. Um, So I just decided to knock off a little yesterday. But it's interesting to see how accurate some of those measurements really are. Mm Mm-hmm. That is good because I'm experiencing the same thing with mine. With I have got that upper respiratory thing going, so the coughing is insane. So my sleep has been terrible, and all my scores just took a huge nosedive. It's amazing. Um, how I haven't fast. been as I haven't been measuring as much to notice that with your moods and stuff like that. That's really that's kind of fun. That's fun to do, and, and I appreciate you know that's cool that you recognize that too. You know, and you can adjust. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's crazy. So, yeah, sleep, <laughs> like we talked about last time, is just... Really hyper. important, yeah. And, and the app is kind of cool, because on those days, yeah. it, you know, it, yesterday it, it said, look, you are, you know, your nervous system is powered up. It's a great day to get mm-hmm. things done, but you are, you know, fight or flight dominant. So just pay attention. If things start to annoy you, take a break, do some meditation, yeah. maybe you know, some high-intensity, short-duration exercise. So it, it gives you ideas, you know, what, what kind of things you should work on on days like that, what kind of things you should watch out for. Uh, and it was interesting because, you know, I, I started to notice that I, I was just getting annoyed when I shouldn't have been, and I wasn't being as productive late in the afternoon. I was busy but not, you know, as productive. And I thought, I'm just going to take a break. And... You know, I, I you know, yeah. relaxed, meditated for a little bit, felt a whole lot better, and then worked on low-stress projects for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, I think that's good for all of us. We don't, you know, we don't necessarily need to have a, a thing to measure to know that. But we all know when we haven't slept well or, you know, we also know when we're more agitated and that. And it's good to have that toolbox to go to of, like, you know, I need to take a break. Or, like you said, like, open your app and do a five-minute meditation to just get yourself reset and and then go forward. Because a lot of times we just try to plow through that. Yeah. And it's, 
it's not good for us. It's not good for the people we interact with. And um, I think that's what has been we've noticed with people is just with all the the um, focus on health is just the awareness of our body and our minds and our moods. And that, that's just such a good thing. So, yeah, it's a daily, daily thing. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. You know, we, we talked a lot about this with food. Be aware of how food affects you. You know, isolate certain foods and, and, you know, see how you feel after you eat them and be aware of your body and what's going on. And now, you know, I certainly do that with food. Um, now I'm doing it with, like, sleep and stress and mood and, you know, all those mm-hmm. other things. And uh, it's really interesting because it does make a difference. If I would have tried to push through yesterday... Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a disaster, it, and it was more productive mm-hmm. to actually take a break, get away from the work, meditate a little bit, and then yeah. choose projects that needed to be done. Maybe they weren't as urgent or a big priority, but they weren't so stressful either. So, you know, I was still working. I was still getting things done. It just wasn't high-stress stuff. Yeah, that's great. And then you go to bed, you know, lay your head down at night, and you can reflect back on your day, and... You know, with a smile, with, with yeah, it was good. And yeah, just, and and it worked. I got to sleep better. <laughs> yeah, it worked. I got a great night of sleep last night, and uh, <laughs> woke up early again today, ready to go. But um, what do you say we get to some calls? Looks like they're piling up. That's good. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's do yeah, that. Let's good. start off in Texas. Henry, welcome to the program. Greetings, Kevin. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate all the work you do, man. You, I, I mean, it's a lot of work you do. Well, you're welcome. What can we help you with today? Uh, I got one saying I keep telling everybody about with the taxes. It's, I, I've never had a, a poor man write me out a check. I've always had rich people turn around and write me out a check. Uh, my question is, health-wise, my wife has had problems with thyroid problems. And lately, I've been, she's been going through this battle now, what, four years? And they finally got it under control. And in the neighborhood, there's people that have thyroid cancer, and they got all different problems with thyroid. And it's like, it's just kind of weird. You have this whole section of people in this area within like a, 10-mile area, it's like everybody, oh, it's it, like one out of four people have problems. Well, let and me... It's constantly, I, no yeah, matter who you talk to. I, I, I'm not going to say there couldn't be a local component, especially if it's cases of cancer. Then, you know, at some point, somebody may need to look around and say, wait a minute, is there some sort of unique toxin around here that could be contributing to this? But I will tell you this, thyroid problems are becoming rampant, just like many of our autoimmune conditions. All, uh, this, this poor lifestyle, all the things we talk about, too much processed food, too much sugar, too, ma- too many additives, too many chemicals, too many dyes, too much glyphosate, all the things we talk about, it's coming home to roost. It, it, it's, it's been hurting our health for a long time. But I think we're reaching a tipping point where it is becoming really rampant. And thyroid is a a very sensitive organ. 
and it's a complicated organ. And when it comes to women, it's even more complicated because it's so hormone-dominant, and women are just more complicated hormonally than men are. So we tend to see a lot of thyroid problems with women. And the other thing that will cause thyroid problems is a low-fat diet because the thyroid is so hormone-dominant and we need lots of good fats and good cholesterol in our diet to build good, strong, balanced hormones. Well, who's more likely to go on a low-fat diet, women or men? Women, definitely. Yeah, across the board. Across the board. That's my wife. Right. So you you take the fact that they're already more complicated, they need really good balanced hormones, and they're much more likely to be on a low-fat diet for long periods of time, and that's why we've got a a rampant thyroid problem with women. And the other thing is, when they have thyroid problems, they keep saying, oh, it's menopause, it's menopause. That's what they told my wife exactly. forever. Oh, well, you're going it, through menopause. And, and it's like, technically, it's not always. technically, they're not incorrect. Menopause exacerbates the problems because menopause is a huge shift in hormones. So if you take somebody that's already hormone deficient, their hormones are out of balance, they've already got some thyroid issues, and then we pile menopause on top of that, many times that is when the problem really becomes bad and and comes to the surface. Oh, okay. That's basically when it comes to light. Yeah, it doesn't have to happen. You know, if, if... if we have a woman who's healthy, she's eating a, a good, clean, whole food diet, lots of healthy fats, there's nothing wrong with her thyroid, and she goes through menopause, you won't see those problems. Menopause is a natural thing. But when you're already whacked out, that's a big hormone shift, and it can really screw things up. Um, let me get to a break. I'll come back, Henry. I want to see if there's a, a question in there I could help you with. We just talked about it in general. We'll be right back. Stick around. Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking with Henry in Texas. Henry, there is an excellent book 
on all of the thyroid issues? Because there's all kinds of things that can go wrong with our thyroid. There's, you know, Hashimoto's, Graves, um, you know, just low thyroid function, overactive thyroid. There's multiple ways we measure, you know, thyroid. And, and like most things, the traditional medical community is not doing well on this. That their answer is always drugs and surgery. They have no problem taking out somebody's thyroid and then putting them on synthetic hormones for the rest of their life. Um, but the, the yeah. natural community, there are a lot of people that really specialize in thyroid because it is more complicated. There's a book um, and a website and a program um, by Isabella Wentz. She's a, uh, she's a pharmacist, so she has all the medical training as well, but she believes in the, the natural approaches. She will use some drugs early on to solve a couple problems, but her goal is always to, to get to the point where the thyroid treatments are natural. And it's just a – thyroid is complicated, so I, I would highly recommend um, you look up her book. Kim, do you remember the name of the book? Um, she's got two of them. She's got the um, Hashimoto's protocol and the root cause. Okay. You yeah. said it Thyroidpharmacist.com. Kim, what was that website? Thyroidpharmacist.com? Thyro- yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all of her material is top-notch. I've read the books. It's easy to understand, as easy as you're going to be able to make thyroid. Um, she, she clearly tells you exactly what tests you should be asking for, how to diagnose those tests. They're step-by-step. Anybody, you know, that has any kind of thyroid condition, I would highly recommend her work. Because my wife has been going back and forth to the endocrinologist now for maybe five years, and they, they finally got it somewhat in check. But it still has blood pressure going crazy. Cholesterol is out of whack. Well, see, that, that's the problem with the, just, the medical answer, which is usually drugs that cause all kinds of other problems. And then, then we need to take another drug for that problem. And that's, her book is called The Root Cause because we're, she's not trying to cover up symptoms. Cause. She's going to get to the root cause of why the thyroid is malfunctioning and fix that so that the body can just work the way it's supposed to. See, it's like I told my wife, I said, said, cancer and this, that, and the other. I said, I remember when I was a kid growing up on the farm, it's like the only time you ever heard cancer was farmers, and that was from the chemicals that they used. Right. And I said, now it's just running around rampant now. It, and it's what, like 55 years? In 55 years, it's like and, and what it's crazy. Yeah, what happened to all the How money we is? keep spending on cancer prevention and cancer cures doesn't seem to be helping much. And, and it's never going to. I, I think, Kim... You know, you and I realize this, the, the, the health side of this community realizes this. Drugs and surgery and procedures are never going to fix our problems. Our problem is what we eat and how we live. Right. All right. 
Let's get to some more phone calls. We're off to Indiana. Gary, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. I got a gal that that uh, been having troubles with diverticulitis and is wondering. Uh, she should be listening in in today, so hopefully she is. And wondering what it, what causes it? Is it an autoimmune disease, or and what should she be eating, and what should she be doing? Yeah, this is one that. Um isn't really um, autoimmune. It's, it is more of a kind of a straightforward digestive issue. Um, rather than go through a long explanation of how we get it, I'll talk about how you get rid of it because it's more important. Um, diverticulitis is best treated with an elimination diet, kind of like GAPS. I'm not using the GAPS diet, but using a similar approach. And there is, I've, I've even seen, I'm trying to remember if there was a specific name for it. I think there is a diverticulitis diet, again, on the natural side of things. You're not going to find this from your doctor. I'm trying to remember looking through some of my notes to see if there was a specific name for that. Um, there may not be, but I can give you a rough idea of what, what you're going to do. Um, in about four stages of eating, which, which is, again, kind of the idea behind an elimination diet. What I would recommend is that for, you know, as long as she could handle it, and this is an individual, I would do like a bone broth fast. So bone broth, water, bulletproof coffee would even be okay. I would stay away from dairy if, if she's at all sensitive to dairy. So we, we want to give her digestive system a, a good long time of healing and not having to deal with solid foods. So the bone broth is ideal because it has all the healing components for your digestive system, and it's very easy to digest, so it's going to give her uh, digestive system a rest. And a good bone broth fast is just good in a lot of ways. The second stage, and again, that might be 48 hours, it could be a week. I mean, it's really up to her how long she wants to fast. Um, The longer you fast with diverticulitis, probably the better off you are. The the more you can give your digestive system a rest, the better it's going to work. After that first stage, however long it is, you can go to juicing. Um, I would juice more vegetable than fruit. But we want to get rid of a lot of the fiber out of the vegetables and fruit because that, at this point in the process, that's what your, her body's having a hard time with. We don't want to give it too much fiber. So the first stage, we've eliminated fiber completely. Second stage, we're going to bring in fruits and vegetables, but we're going to juice them so that it, they're, again, easier to digest, but we're adding in more nutrients. In stage three, and again, you do stage two for as long as you can handle, you know, just juicing. Um, Stage three, you can start to bring the fiber-rich foods back in. So we can go to some raw vegetables or lightly steamed. Um, If she's doing grains, which I wouldn't recommend, you know, make sure that they're like sprouted and, you know, soaked and sprouted. But I would avoid grains completely. You can bring in higher fiber foods like avocados are fairly easy to digest, but they're higher in fiber. 
And then when, and again, you do that a week, two, however long you feel comfortable with it. And then stage four, you can go back up to the recommended amount of fiber, like 25 to 35 grams a day. Um, Things like sweet potatoes, you know, root vegetables, beans, those kind of things that are probably really hard for her to digest now. But if we give her digestive system a rest and work back into it in these stages, she's going to see a lot of relief, and it may even clear itself up completely. Okay. There are some. Right. There Sounds are some. Good. There are some supplements that. Is there can any help. book? Is there? Is there any? Uh, you know, I don't think is I've there read. Any book? I don't think I've read a book specifically on diverticulitis. I've gotten my information from a lot of different places. Um, there are some some um, supplements that can help. IPS, which is our gut healing supplement, is a good one. Um, digestive enzymes are good because the, the better we're able to break her food down, the less aggravating it's going to be when it when it does get to the intestines where the problem is. So really what we're doing... Like probiotics? Probiotics are excellent, yeah. Um, Digestive enzymes, probiotics, um, you know, stomach acid if she needs that kind of support. What we're really doing is, one, trying to give her digestive system a long rest and then trying to get her digestive system healthy again with some of the supplements and the right foods. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, that's a tough one because it, it's a very, very restrictive diet. But the, the more you can restrict in the beginning and the longer you can do it, the the quicker she's going to see some relief from the symptoms. And this can clear itself up. Well, Kim, any final words? Yeah, no, with the lady too, I hope, you know, that she incorporates a whole good diet. They recommend paleo or something so they get some of the good, like you said, sweet potatoes and stuff. Yeah. So I hope it's not just to heal, it's to create a lifestyle, and we're here for questions for that. Very good point. Thank you for that. We, uh, we've got to wrap this up, but we'll do it again real soon. Thanks for joining us. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey with Kevin Rutherford.